Better humans, we're going to talk about how we're moving from peak centralization to decentralization. I will be talking about this topic more and more because it is what's happening in real time. And as I become more aware of it and see more examples of it, I'm going to highlight it more. You can get the story that I'm talking about today in the most recent Better Human newsletter over at betterhumans.substack.com or an easier URL is thebetterhumans.co. Johnson Johnson has invoked a Texas legal loophole in an attempt to protect the bulk of its corporate assets from claims that its baby powder caused ovarian cancer and mesotheliomia. It's one of those words I've heard people say it a hundred times, but I have trouble saying it. And so here's my take. Big corporations are a byproduct of being the superpower after World War II. The promise to the American consumer was, trust us, we'll take care of you. Americans got addicted to convenience and a constantly expanding barrage of product options. Inherently, that's great. It's a free market doing its thing. The problem has always been and still is the corruption and mingling of government. This creates monopoly-like situations that lead to bigger than nature would allow corporations. And I believe we are witnessing their collapse in real time. It's also another example of our world moving to a more decentralized way of life, a smaller way of life. We are going from peak centralization to... decentralization, as history has done many times. Things grow too big for their own good, then they crumble. This is nothing new. It just feels that way to most people because fewer students of history. If you're born into one world and it starts becoming another, you fight it. You stick your head in the sand. You cling to your beliefs about why things should stay the way they are because that's what you want. Then you get left behind. The masses are always the last to come on board, and only when it's so painful that not switching hurts more. After World War II, we had an economic boom, and then we, through the Bretton Woods Agreement, we became the global, uh, basically petrodollar superpower. We had the reserve currency status, and then in 1971, Nixon took us off the gold standard, which gave us the unlimited power to print as much money as we wanted, and the world just has to take it. Because in 1971, governments could redeem the dollar's they have for gold, which was in our reserves. But then Nixon was like, well, you're not going to do that anymore. Too bad. It was supposed to be a temporary measure to avoid basically giving all our gold away. And it became a permanent measure because there's nothing more permanent than a temporary government enactment or effort or regulation or law or anything. And the byproducts of inflation since then have been the most drastic inequality gap in the history of humanity, probably, as those that are close to the money printer, those that are, uh, you know, the big banksters and the big corporations and their CEOs that get bailouts, they're basically all in bed together. They can't fail. They don't actually have to be beholden to free markets and they get to benefit from every dollar that the government prints because they get it first and they can invest it and they get cheap debt and so on and so forth. It's how the rich get richer on a scale that is actually the most blatant and massive fraud maybe ever, that goes on in broad daylight because most people have no freaking idea. And then these same powers that be use things like big pharma and the college system and indoctrination camps called public education to convince the masses that government is right and just and needed and whatever. And then to basically move the spotlight away from the fact that they just print money out of thin air and they pretend there's nothing wrong with that and that they pretend inflation is normal and we should have it every year. And so you get a bunch of humans literally millions and millions and millions of them that have no idea how the system works, but every year they're a little bit poor or they're working twice as hard and not getting ahead and they don't know why. Now, of course, I know the reason why. Maybe you do. It's fiat money 
And the answer is Bitcoin. But this is just another example. You get corporations that are so freaking big and so propped up by the government apparatus and the wealthy that are shareholders and investors and they get this money and they do all these things. They get so big that eventually they have to collapse. It's like a Frankenstein that it grows so big. It reaches past the point of no return where it can't stop growing. So it keeps growing until it dies. It's actually kind of like Andre the Giant or any of the, the giants. I guess they had some kind of thing where a hormone or maybe a gene, not a hormone. It was probably a gene that was kind of switched off or on that should have been off or on. And what it resulted in was just growing and growing and growing and the body couldn't sustain it. It, it was, it's kind of outside the realm of what nature can sustain. And it was an abnormality. And so therefore most of the you know giants that were humans lived shorter lives. The heart just couldn't maintain anymore, couldn't, couldn't do it. It was just outside the realm of nature. And I believe that's what we're getting with a lot of these big mega corporations. They have become so big that you can't really control it. And so what happens is the fragilities manifest in ways like this. So Johnson & Johnson, which is a multi-billion dollar company, they have pharmaceuticals. They paid out tons of lawsuits for a lot of the pharma stuff and they have products everywhere. They've become too big for their own good. And they will then crumble from the inside. That's what I believe happens with these things. If you have a giant that grows too big, it crumbles from the inside. The heart gives out. Companies like Johnson Johnson and also the US government, perfect example. Maybe we'll get to that in a second. They crumble from the inside. They become too big to even put down or shut down. You can't sue them down out of existence. They have too many products, so people aren't going to really starve them financially because they're everywhere. And a lot of people don't even know they're doing business with them. They will have to crumble from the inside. They will have to get so big that they simply cannot control it anymore. And there'll be so many, let's say, lawsuits or so many ways they lose or products that fail or whatever. Like they're just, their tentacles are everywhere. And as a result, their risk is everywhere. And so the market will respond, or I, you could even say nature will respond by collapsing in these various ways until eventually nobody wants to invest in the company anymore. It's too much liability. And then they get started at the stock market and then it dwindles and dwindles and dwindles and then nobody wants to work there, et cetera. And that's exactly what is going to happen with government. There is a way to speed up its demise, though. Counter economies, as Samuel Konkin, who was a libertarian and he was a creator of the term agorism, he had this libertarian philosophy based on operating in markets outside of the regulated white markets because that would starve the white markets and thus government of resources. And then over time, as these not white markets, so like gray markets, black markets, et cetera, as, as they grew, government would also shrink. Now, he probably didn't foresee, because Konkin wrote this, I think, believe back in like the 70s and maybe early 80s, he probably didn't foresee just how rampant inflation would be. But inflation is one of those funny things where it does give the government ultimate power and control, but it's already reached terminal escape velocity to which they can't control it. They can't fix it. No politician can fix it. Nobody in the government can fix it. Unless like overnight they shrunk government and stopped most of the ridiculous programs they have, stop spending money, stop printing money, and basically said to the American people, well, for 10 years can be really painful. But that's not going to happen. We know that's not going to happen. We know no politician will be elected under that promise. And we know that Congress would probably fight them even if they got into a position of power to do that. The system itself is too bloated, too big, too much of a Frankenstein that it can't correct itself. We can't kill it either. It's too big. It has nukes. It's the most powerful single entity in the history of planet Earth is the U.S. government. And no matter how many people are that are inside government that want to fix things, they're not going to do it either. 
it's going to have to crumble at the source because the heart's going to have to give out. It's going to have to get so big that it is uncontrollable. And what we see with government is it keeps enacting laws and regulations and doing things, which just increases bloat, right? And over time, as they lose more and more ability to control it, as we already see they're doing, like they're just grasping at straws at this point with all their absurdity, that will continue on until a couple things happen. The population will get so sick and tired of it, their trust will just straight up be gone. And in some way, the democratic process, which I'm not really a fan of, but like maybe it will mean certain new presidents will come in and do different things or whatever. You know, I don't know. Part of me feels like it's all still controlled and manipulated because really elections are rigged. I mean, think about it. You get to vote for two people that are chosen by the people in power. Like, how is that about giving power to people? That's, that's a freaking sham. It's, it's, uh, it's an illusion. It's fake. It's like pro wrestling. It's just a circus. I believe it will have to grow and infringe and grow and infringe until things get so bad that people are simply like, we're not paying our taxes anymore. We're not doing this. Or until military and or police decide we're not going to follow your orders. And that will happen. The one thing that America has going for it is we do have a strong sense of patriotism. And a lot of that is connected, at least a little bit, to the founding principles, constitution, bill of rights, etc. So if they start doing things that are I mean, I don't know. I don't know how far this will go because again, just following orders, as the Nazis said, like people can convince themselves of doing almost anything if somebody tells them to, right? So I hope there's going to be some people that wake up to this, but the more tyrannical it becomes and the bigger, right? The more it radicalizes everyday people. And it is just the reality. 300 million Americans are only controlled by a small group in Washington because there is a collective religion built around it. And if that religion topples, they lose their power. If people stop sending in checks to the government through uh, the mail because the IRS says they should, and you have that millions and millions, and you have millions and millions of people doing that, what are they going to do? They're going to arrest everybody? It's, it's just literally a joke if you even think about it. But it would have to get so bad for the masses to do that. So I think what's going to happen is they're going to keep trying to make excuses, crisis after crisis, to create more power, more control, more surveillance, et cetera. They're going to continually print money, which is going to be pushed onto the American people and the whole world through inflation. People are going to get more fed up as, ga- as a gallon of milk goes from $4 a gallon to 8 It's literally $8 a gallon for organic milk at the grocery store right now. When it's $20 a gallon for that and it's $15 to $20 for some eggs, when people get really, really hungry and every penny that they uh, make goes to food or power or both, you're going to see some revolutionary shit going on. And you're going to see a breakdown of the civil order and you're going to see civil disobedience and actual uh, revolution and rioting and things like that are going to make 2020 look like child's play. And the thing is, it's almost inevitable because government can't stop It grows and it grows until it kills itself. As every powerful government and every tyrant and dictator has in history, they get addicted to power. They get addicted to doing things and mingling when really they should probably just sit back and do nothing. 
And the more they do that, the closer they edge themselves to collapse. My advice for you is to have your Bitcoin, is to have guns and ammo and water and food, to have backup, have generator if you can afford it, have some land if you can afford it, have your passports in case you want to get out of the country, you might want to, we probably will, so that if the writing is on the wall, you can leave early and you can watch from somewhere else because it's going to get worse before it gets better. I'm just hoping that when we go through this reset or this revolution or whatever the hell it's going to be, I hope that is it is as bloodless as possible. I hope that it is more of a regime change and you know the democratic political process as much as a circus as it is. I hope that it at least creates some checks and balances so we don't have something like World War III or civil wars or conflicts or anything like that. Uh, I'm hoping Bitcoin will immediately demonetize the dollar and kind of take over as the money for humanity. And that will solve so many of the problems that will happen if the dollar collapses because if the dollar collapses... I mean, we're probably looking at like World War III type stuff. It, it can get bad very quickly. Hopefully Bitcoin can come in and save the day there. And I bought Bitcoin through swanbitcoin.com slash Colin Stuckert. That can support the show, but also stack your Bitcoin. It's going to be the best thing you've ever done in your life. You can use a set it and forget a schedule. Uh, I mean, I'm every day I'm buying Bitcoin in there. It's a set it and forget a schedule. I The money comes out of my bank account like every two months or whatever. And then, no, two weeks, every two weeks. And then that buys daily. So I get dollar cost averaging from every up and down. I get all the ups and downs. That's what dollar cost averaging is. And it's the best way to do it. Instead of trying to time the market, just buy, buy consistently. Because you're going to care what matters in five years about the price. And you're not going to care what you bought it at in 2021 or 2020 or 2019. In fact, every decision that I made in 2020 and 2019 about buying Bitcoin, I probably should have just bought sooner and then not paid attention to it because now it's 2021 and all I wanted to have done is bought all of it as much as I could. And if you haven't gotten the newsletter or if you aren't getting it, betterhumans.substack.com. That's the most recent episode there. And thebetterhuman.co. That's my website, other articles, shows, et cetera. You can also get all the other podcasts. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and or YouTube. And if you want to share or like, or do any of those things. I really, really appreciate that. And I will see you in the next one.